Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venue Land, an EAMC podcast. This is your all-access pass to go backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live entertainment industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to some of our favorite people as we dive deep into the world of live touring shows and the venues that host them. And today's detour or side trip, one of our many bonus episodes, has taken us down to Florida. Yeah, we're heading down to Tampa Bay, home of Super Bowl 55. And our guest today, Jenna Grooms, uh, she is the Director of Event Development Institute with the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. Hi, Jenna. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Nice slow time for you, right? So you definitely have time to horse around on a podcast with a couple of idiots. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I got nothing going on. I uh, have all the time in the world. No, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. Super Bowl is what we're talking about. It's happening at Raymond James Stadium. And first of all, congratulations on being the first city to ever host their own team in the Super Bowl, right? As somebody who worked with the Buccaneers in the past, boy, this has got to be an exciting time. This is the definition of full circle moment for me. I grew up here, born and raised here watched the first Super Bowl, the first and only Super Bowl the Bucks won um, when I was in middle school and now, you know, worked for the Bucks and now helping pull off some of the Super Bowl events. So it is like overwhelmingly exciting for me personally. It's awesome. We are so excited to talk to you today because, you know, we've been in uh, many cities uh, and talked to, you know, over the years through our conference, talked to many people who've hosted Super Bowls, you know, from Indianapolis, where they built a hotel specifically so they could even be considered. But what a unique situation to be in for this whole last couple of years. There's got to be a roller coaster. Walk me through what the timeline has been like for you guys when you found out you had the Super Bowl site to kind of the evolving changes throughout 2020 to where we're at today. Yeah, roller coaster is a really good way to put it. Um, you know, we were we bid on uh, the Super Bowl, and unfortunately, at the at the first pass, we essentially lost that bid to LA. So we weren't supposed to have this Super Bowl. Uh, we were called up to kind of step in when uh, you know the LA stadium wasn't going to be ready in time. So the start of this was already kind of uh, crazy, but. You know, we jumped right in and, and we're obviously thrilled to be able to be the host city for Super Bowl 55. But, you know, we did our, our scouting trip in Miami over a year ago, or well, I guess exactly a year ago. And little did we know that all of those different events that we kind of shadowed right. control alt delete on all of that and, uh, you know, start from scratch. So, you know, we certainly took a ton of notes from Atlanta, even too, and, and Miami and applied that. And then certainly once we kind of shifted into the weirdness that was 2020, we really had to kind of invent our own solutions for events. And the NFL has been an incredible partner along the way in helping us navigate kind of how to host events and uh, arguably the largest event in our country, right? And the sports and entertainment world, how do you pull that off in this environment? And here we are almost you know, a week out from the game itself. So it's been a, it's been a adventure for sure. I'm sure just as you all observed the previous Super Bowl and kind of looked at that, 
I'm sure all these big events that, you know, are hoping are going to happen in the next year, year and a half are all looking to you all and kind of looking at you all as like the pilot for this large scale event during COVID and, you know, what can we learn? You know, what, what are they going to do right? What are they going to do wrong? So hopefully that doesn't add any pressure, but I think it's also exciting because, you know, you kind of get to innovate on that front. You know, you can try different things and, you know, I don't think anyone's going to get too mad if it doesn't work out because we're all just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it works. But that's got to be kind of exciting to be on the forefront of that. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. There is a lot of pressure. I mean, to be honest, like exactly what you said, we're kind of the the first major thing to happen in a year. And, um, you know, the events industry was hit so incredibly hard that there's a lot of pressure on us to get it right. Because exactly what you said, we're, we're trying to create a blueprint for how our events can move forward. And obviously we've got a vaccine that's circulating, but we all know it's still not back to normal, right. whatever normal is. Right. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. It's equally, you know, there's a lot of pressure, but at the same time, it is very exciting. The fact that I'm actually sitting here talking to you guys about an actual live event that's going to take place. There was a point, you know, early spring and summer where I did not think it was going to be possible. So just to be able to actually pull it off was exciting. So what are we looking at attendance wise? For the game or for yeah. events? So the game itself, I don't know that they're um, they announced a full capacity number, but I do know that 7,500 of the people that will be at the game are going to be vaccinated healthcare workers. So that's been that's been a big story, and oh, that's wow. very cool. That's that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I mean, that's just case in point for how the NFL has taken this you know unique environment and challenging environment and thought about how can we spin this positively and and create a really nice storyline out of it. And they just, they took that and ran with it. And they're creating such a cool program for these healthcare workers throughout that weekend. So I do know that number. How many phone calls have you had people asking you for tickets? Oh, God. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I thought it was bad when I worked for the Bucks and we weren't even very good at that point. The fact that I had, you know, Bucks in my history, people just assume that I, uh, I have a direct line, but I don't even know if I'm going to the game at this point. I you kind know, of uh, long for those days of uh, the people nagging you for tickets, right? It's something that plagued us all. And then now I'm like, man, I kind of hope, hope to yeah. get back to that, to where people are bugging me. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So it's not just the game, right? There's all the events that happen around the Super Bowl that I'm sure you guys were planning. And then are there still any additional events outside or is it is it just become the game? Yeah, there are. And certainly a ton, um, you know, were canceled um, or, you know, the sponsor ones really that they typically come in and, and pop up events all over the place. I mean, there's still companies who just aren't comfortable sending their staff to work events. They're out of state. Um, you know, they've had company-wide policies. So certainly there's less of those, but on the NFL sanctioned event side, Super Bowl experience, which is what I'm uh, leading the charge on from the host committee side is still happening. So that one has morphed over the last year uh, significantly, but essentially we put our heads together and, and the NFL security and medical staff came up with their event preparedness guidelines, which kind of created a blueprint for us to move forward so that we could feel safe as staff working these events and our volunteers that we're putting out there, but also for fans um, who are coming down to downtown Tampa you know, they can come in and feel like they can enjoy the event, but that they're also safe while doing so. So Super Bowl experience is still happening and, you know, it's starting tomorrow, actually. So we're really excited about it. So what, are, do you have any, any of the safety protocols? I, you know, anything, anything that's different that you, that you're kind of aware of? 
Yes, there's a, you know, the event preparedness guidelines are really, really detailed. And I think the biggest key factors that we kind of pull out and are applying is there's a face covering requirement. Um, the event Superbowl experience is actually all outside. So that kind of helps already that we're not confined to an indoor venue, but um, we are still enforcing a, a mask mandate across the board. And that is, you know, you have to have it on when you're in the queue line to get in once you get in. And unless you're actively eating or drinking, you have to keep it on at all times. So that certainly has been a big point on our end. And then on the on the uh, staff and volunteer side, we're actually implementing a health screening process. So every credentialed staff member and volunteer that's working Super Bowl experience has to answer a health questionnaire daily and get a temperature scan before being able to work in the park. Um, so just a couple different layers that we're trying to you know, make sure that we're you know, touching all of those different elements of it. And then there's certainly on the fan side and the general public side, language that we've built into waivers and uh, signage, of course, um, just to really kind of drive home, look, we want to have this event. We want it to be successful, but we, we're looking out for you guys and your safety too. So there's definitely a ton of work and thought behind you know, all of the different COVID mitigation protocol. When we hosted the uh, NHL All-Star Game in Columbus here and just, you know, the number of people that were walking around and the number of executives, well, it's a lot to handle. And there's a lot of egos and there's a lot of uh, big personalities, a lot of people who really, really care about the event. So tell me about the Tampa Bay Sports Commission and kind of what, what your guys' role is in, you know, obviously you helped get the event here, but what, what's kind of your role here in the days leading up to the big game? Yeah, so the Sports Commission, essentially all of our staff from the Sports Commission now serves on the, the host committee in addition to other members of our, our city and county delegate. But we're really kind of serving as that uh, liaison between the NFL and their constituents in the city, of course, and our venues. So really kind of making sure that all of the dots are connected, um, you know, as things come up last minute, as they always do in our world. We're making sure that we're that first point of contact for the NFL to be the, the problem solvers. You've got we're boots on the ground. We're not a, you know, build up and tear down host committee. Um, you know, we are the people that wrote the bid. So we're going to be the ones that deliver on it, too. So, you know, all of the things that we we promised we would do were the actual people here on the ground that are, are making those promises uh, come to life. So really just kind of serving as that connection point um, across the board. Do you think there's uh, maybe some positives? Like one of the things we talk about with all the guests on the podcast is what positives that may have been unexpected came out of this. And, you know, it could be uh, not that it's a good thing that you have less events, but also it probably lightened your workload a little bit. But, you know, are there some things that, or even from like an operations or marketing side that maybe you would not have thought of on executing it, but you were sort of forced into doing uh, some, you know, app or, or whatever it is. And then now you're like, man, if we hosted the Super Bowl again in two years and everything was better, we're going that way again, because it was a blessing in disguise. Oh my gosh. There's so many things, you know, we, we, at our, our office, we've got staff calls weekly and we always try and kick it off with, you know, what were, what were the positives from this week? And consistently it's been, Hey, you guys, if we hadn't been in this situation X. So um, there's a ton of them. I think right off the bat, you know, there's certain vendors that we probably would have never been introduced to if we weren't in a situation where we needed to hire 
temporary staffing to help serve as fan safety managers. I didn't, fan safety manager wasn't even a term, obviously, for me at least, um, you know, before. So um, I think being able to connect to a whole new group of our local vendors and, and drive business to them through this process has been a really, really solid positive. The, the NFL has a program called Business Connect, where we highlight uh, minority-owned local businesses in the Tampa Bay area. And we had to add a whole new category to that business guide to highlight groups that carry PPE and groups that um, wow. can bring in fog machines to help disinfect. So we have a whole new arsenal of local vendors that we can call on at any time, which, you know, helps our local economy here, um, of course. But I mean, there's so many things we all say, you know, other duties as assigned. It's kind of our joke, like, you know, didn't expect I'd be doing this. I think all of our our event uh, people can relate to that, but um, there's a lot of other duties as assigned coming into our, our resumes, but you know, if we can host a Super Bowl during a pandemic, I feel like we can we can really do anything at this point. In in that same uh, vein, is there is there positives that come out of other than from a fan perspective that come from having the Bucks in the Super Bowl? You know, maybe maybe you're able to lean on that local team staff that you wouldn't have if it was two other random teams in the country. You know, what what kind of came about that maybe was unexpected. And then when you saw them win, you're like, Oh gosh, this is a huge help. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And, um, you know, on the sports commission side, we certainly, I mean, we're in the tourism business, you know, ultimately we want people to come in and, and visit our destination. And when these major events come in, we want them to stay in hotels and eat at our restaurants and fly into our airport. So you know, in a normal world, we root for for teams that are out of state, right? That can fly in and then stay here locally. So it's a totally different dynamic. But because of the COVID world we're in, we we didn't know what to expect if we had two teams from out of state. You know, what does that travel even look like? So to be able to have almost a built-in fan base and crowd to populate these events and to um, you know occupy our downtown footprint and eat at all of our local restaurants is it's a nice relief to to have that built in. And we certainly expect Kansas city fans to come here and enjoy it as well, but to be able to almost kind of ease off of that a little bit has been really nice. And we're excited that uh, our hometown team for sure. I guess how, from an event side, how far out, you know, have you been planning it? And, and was there something where, you were having to sort of watch different regulations and numbers, like you mentioned last year, how you weren't sure you were even going to have the Super Bowl, even though you knew it was coming up. Is that something that, you know, you've been literally over the last few weeks or months or something trying to figure out how you would have to adapt if something got worse or if something got better? Um, you know, how much have you been putting your finger to the pulse of all that? Yeah, I mean, we've we've been planning the events around the game for over a year. Um, so when all of this happened, I mean, I think the number one thing we learned was not to try and predict what the future was going to hold. I mean, we would, we would, you know, have our staff meetings and talk about how, you know, we think this will happen by this date. And we very quickly after a few months realized we got to just take it day by day. So, I mean, we just got into a, a very regular cadence with the NFL and our partners of the city to just make sure all of us are in lockstep. I mean, 
With this dynamic environment, we certainly had to keep our finger on the pulse of the health and safety side more than ever and, and public safety. So honestly, we've been, you know, pivoting and adjusting up until we probably will up until game day. Um, you know, right. yeah, true. Just to be able to make sure that with, I mean, this environment changes every day. And, you know, certainly we feel like we're in a much better place now than we were, but um you know, we're, we're built to pivot and that's what we do best. Um, and we've just, we've had really great partners to kind of help make that happen along the way in, in the NFL. So it's been changing for the last 12 months. <laughs> yeah. And as you, as you said, I'm sure it's going to continue to change through the game. So, you know, you just have to kind of roll with it and understand that's part of what is happening. Right. Uh, if there is something that I'm sure there's endless things, but if there's some advice that you think is maybe the most important that you could either give yourself six months ago leading into it or give, you know, LA when they're like, say they're hosting it and the pandemic's still going a year from now, heaven forbid, or, you know, someone else is hosting a big event in a month or two in another city. Is there some thing that really stands out that's like, this is something you should be aware of? That's such a great question. Um, <sighs> There's so much. I mean, it, I think for me, it's been, you know, in the events world, we are all probably, I'd venture to say, type A and, you know, we pay attention to the details, but it's even more so important at this point to really hone in on the fine details. I mean, it gets, you know, if you're good at your job with the in the events world, you get to a point where you can manage from 30,000 feet above. But unfortunately, just with, you know, this new environment, you really have to dig in and, connect with each and every vendor and each and every, you know, volunteer lead and staff lead just to ensure that they all know, look, we are the reason why this event is happening, but we could also be the reason why it doesn't happen. So enforcing, you know, this health and safety piece with those groups is key. So we've had to have several trainings that you know, just hammer home, look, try not to carpool when you're coming to the site, don't share hotel rooms and keep distance between your staff. Because if one of you goes out and you're close contact, then the rest have to go out. So it's right, been right. just the line of communication, the attention to detail has been on a insane level for this. So moving forward, it's probably now going to be customary for me to kind of understand from these vendors, hey, what is your policy for health and safety and, and, you know, what do you already do in that regard? And hopefully one day it, it will become something that I don't have to ask or, or dig into anymore, but um, right. it's just making sure that all of our groups, our third parties know that this is really serious. And, and if yeah. we want this all to be successful, we have to do it as a group. So that's been kind of the biggest thing for me. Yeah. And in the best and worst ways, all eyes are on you all. So it, it's like you just said, it can be the greatest example, but you also have to be on it because you don't want it to be a bad example. So, but, you know, I think, I think uh, it sounds like, you know, you all are really going to do an amazing job. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to tune in. I'm excited to, you know, see, and sure it's going to be different, but everything else that we've been watching on TV over the last 10 months or 12 months has been different anyway. So I think at this point, it's not going to be weird to people. They're just going to expect it to be this unique thing for this year. So I think it's, it's exciting. I'm excited for you. Good luck with everything. I'm sure you have a bit of a hell week ahead, but uh, 
but it's also as as you and I mentioned, probably you in your comfort zone a little bit because you're just going to be in the run and gun mode. So that's exciting. So uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking to us about it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to to be a part of it and, you know, love talking about what I do. So just appreciate the opportunity and hope you guys tune in and, and uh, see everything that's going on down here in Tampa. Yeah. Go Bucks. Yes. Go Bucks. Thanks, thanks so much. Jenna. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today for this special bonus episode of Adventures in Venueland. Remember, everyone out there, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We'd love your five-star reviews so you can help others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone.